This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. What's up, again, folk? Welcome to the number one college football show. I am your host, RJ Young. Thank you for watching on the Fox Sports app, YouTube, or listening wherever you get your podcast. Today, I'm going to walk you through my top 25, talk about one team that I think is terribly overlooked and deserves your attention, talk a little bit about what I learned from Georgia, what I learned from Oklahoma, what I learned from being in Lincoln, Nebraska, that I can't wait to share with you. We also had some news popping off on Sunday. When you listen to this on Monday, it will make a whole hell of a lot more sense. And the Big Ten East has thrown its cap in the ring to be the best division in football. But first, let's start with RJ's top 25 for week four. Now, I'm always interested to see what the people say on the Twitters, on the Facebooks, on the Instagrams. And I get a large assortment of Americans giving me a large assortment of American opinions about what their team is or isn't doing. Your man's is in the final minutes of what feels like 24 hours at Le Mans. We are down the Molsan straight right now in the last three minutes trying to cook it, trying to get it right through the line with the most amount of miles covered. I say that to say along the way, I met a whole bunch of people at airports wearing their favorite team's t-shirt and or hat. Some of them chatted me up. Some of them, I chatted up. And what I learned was y'all watch one team, your team. You could give a good dog on about whatever other team is. It's your team that is either being overlooked or your team that is being overrated or your team that you wish I would not talk about because somehow I might jinx it. Looking at you, Iowa State fans. So, with all that said, know that I listen to you, and I hear you and I take into account, and I still give you what I think from an objective point of view, knowing exactly what this sport is, that we're trying to tell you who's going to play in the college football playoff, which teams are going to make it to the college football playoff, and which teams are likely to win the national championship. And right now, I know it says Georgia at one, but after what Oregon did to Brigham Young, I don't see how we can't just put Georgia in all four spots. They feel like a Death Star. They feel like the W12 in 2021. They feel like they're just going to show up 1969 with the same chassis of the Ford GT from 1966 and win Lamont again because that is what Georgia is operating on. Stetson Bennett is out there looking loose, real loose. We'll get to that in just a little bit, okay? Other parts of this that I think are interesting, Alabama, Ohio State, Oklahoma, Michigan, though, rank, round out my top five, talk a bit, a bit more about Michigan, but I think it's interesting to point out, they ain't played nobody, Paul. Let me say that one more time. They ain't played nobody, Paul, but it doesn't seem to matter to most anybody because they're putting up 50 on the people they don't play. Hawaii, UConn, Colorado State, and now I think they got a quarterback that is capable of not just leading them to consecutive victories to Ohio State, but getting them past the college football playoff semifinals, which is something my team can't even say. However, I think Oklahoma is a little bit more balanced and they've actually played a power five opponent. We can get into that in a little bit more. I looked at the AP just to see how off or on I seem to be with them. And it's just really the one team. And we'll get to them in a minute. I want to get back to Georgia really quick and just go with it at, at this point. 
South Carolina's a good football team. I expected South Carolina to win six, seven games, which in the SEC feels like nine, okay? Because you have to play Alabama or Georgia, depending on what division you are. And if you are the St. Tennessee Volunteers, you get Alabama and Georgia every single year. Now, in the late 90s and the early aughts, that didn't seem like such a big damn deal. Matter of fact, Tennessee ends up winning 1998 National Championship because Peyton Manning left and T. Martin's a better quarterback. Fight me. Anyway, Georgia is on their Bruce Leroy right now. They have reached that upper level where their mind, body, and soul must be one. And Stetson Bennett is acting like it. The dude was taking pictures with fans with nine minutes left to play against an SEC opponent that probably is going to get back to something like the Duke Mayo Bowl. I love this. He climbed into the stands to go take picture between the hedges. It's just not what you expect your Georgia quarterback to do unless your Georgia quarterback is real damn good. And it turns out that Stetson Bennett is real damn good. Five years ago, literally five years ago, everybody listening to this, everybody talking on this, which is just me, would probably give somebody some real side eye, some real Ken Casey Cuckoo's Nest style energy if you told them that Stetson Bennett was a great quarterback. Now, nah, son, we would have said, look at who they have, Justin Fields being among them, right? Talk about Stetson Bennett being a walk-on, watching the Rose Bowl, basically from the stands, as Baker Mayfield and Jake Fromm dueled it out in a game that I have no memory of. Did not happen. I have convenient amnesia for that one moment. Stetson Bennett has made himself not just into a, an outstanding quarterback that can lead Georgia to a national championship because he has, but a Heisman contender in a way that I frankly just did not think he had the talent given time to develop and basically giving the backing of Kirby Smart and Todd Munkin, who just refused to sit him down for a more talented quarterback. Yeah, you can be that dude. Maybe that's what Kay McNamara could have done. But I think you're better off as a program when you just raise up the more talented quarterback. You give yourself a lot more, shall we say, lift underneath your wings and a lot less drag going through your spoilers. So you don't have to spoil so much. You go to a wing. That's enough with the car analogies for right now. Alabama stays at two for me because I'm not going to penalize Alabama for winning 63-7 to against Louisiana Monroe, which coincidentally gets to say forever and ever, I think they should raise a banner that says this, we were the first unranked opponent to knock down Nick Saban, Alabama. It was 2007 and the team didn't do it again until 2021. Raise the banner Warhawks, but you also had to take a whooping. You had to take a whooping for what Texas did and frankly, what Alabama did against Texas. And I think Texas is a good football team. Matter of fact, I know Texas is a good football team because I have them ranked inside my top 25 at 21 and the Associated Press has them ranked inside top 25 at 22. So please, Show up to the mentions and tell me how I love Texas and how I'm crazy about Texas. When you could see the 60 people that y'all all like to see as, you know, ghost figures, got them at 22, I got them at 21. Why? Because of what the hell they did to Alabama. They had Alabama dead to rights. Maybe it's because the kicker's last name is Auburn, now that I think about it. But that's no shade, Bert. It's just a good joke because kick six and Auburn, Alabama. I'm sure Bert Auburn is an outstanding quarter, uh, quarterback, uh, field goal place kicker. Goodness me, again, 200 miles an hour down the Mulsanne Street. But point there is, I think Alabama got to be tested. I think Alabama got to learn from a good football team that they are fallible. And I think that Nick Saban's going to eat off of this for the next year. See, y'all kept reading all your newspaper clips. Now, kids don't read uh, newspaper What are kids? You watching RJ's YouTube channel where he's telling you that the best thing since sliced bread 
This is the best thing since Milo's tea, since Checkers hamburgers, since Crystal Sliders. And now we got this rat poison that I can even get up out your system. You're going to be doing some version of that, I'm sure, all the way out through there, referencing the number one college football show with RJ Young at Fox Sports, as he should, because right about Alabama being good, they're just not as good as Georgia right now. Okay, number three on this list for me, Ohio State. Okay, so Ohio State, for those of y'all that frankly didn't want to watch Ohio State beat up on another Ohio team, they are 50 Oh, and one against Ohio teams all time. Stopped a mud hole in Toledo and walked dry. Okay. 77 points they put up on Toledo. And it was because they had a Miami problem. Okay. Let me tell you about a Miami problem. Miami problem is one of my favorite college football problems. 1987. We got Miami Hurricanes coached by the legendary Jimmy Johnson, who I really, 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 really want to do the number one college football show. Please, Jimmy Johnson, join the show so I can talk with you and just jam with you about those Miami teams. But he had such a stacked team that they would run it up early. It'd be over by the second quarter. So what do you do when you run it up early? You don't leave the starters in because don't nobody want to be Gary Gaines getting yelled at because you left Booby Miles in because, well, Chris Comer can't find his helmet. Just take somebody else's helmet. Or damn it, put Don Billingsley back there. Lots of different things to do rather than just throw your weapon, your Amon Green, back there to run football. But that's what he did. Okay. Other football coaches like Ryan Day at Ohio State, like Jimmy Johnson in Miami, they say, hey, it's, it's your time to shine, scrubs. I mean, uh, second string, third string, fourth string. I mean, younger people. It is your time to go. And as Jimmy Johnson once said, I can't stop them from scoring. Look, the backups want to score too. They want to have touchdowns. And that's how it felt for Toledo. God bless the Rockies. God bless Chuck Ely, who's going into the College Football Hall of Fame. Should have been in there years ago. Very excited about that. Not so excited about anything outside of Toledo's quarterback. Because, well, Ohio State handed the ball to a number of different people who scored a number of different touchdowns. Like, I want to say they had 763 total yards, which is the school record for total yards in a game. They scored on, like, 12 of 13 possessions. And by scored, I mean got six. It's like it's something stupid like that. So I'm looking at that, and I see them put 77 on top of Toledo's head, and I see Alabama put 63 on top of ULM's head. People are like, how don't you just flip those two? Well... Turns out Notre Dame is bad. Turns out Texas is good. That's how I split those hairs. We still got lots of football to play. We're going to start conference play here this weekend. Very excited about that. Want to see who are pretenders and who are contenders. Who are just some, some pretenders that are just trying to win some games, which is the best way to go from Ohio State. Didn't play nobody. Sorry, Notre Dame fans. I ran into a bunch of y'all. It's going to be rough. I love Marcus Freeman. He's going to figure it out. Just not this year. And Texas, who, you know, Absolutely came back to be a UTSA team that I think the world of with a backup quarterback. No Quinn Ewers. Tech's going to be a load for my uh, Oklahoma Sooners come the Red River rivalry. You know who wasn't a load? The doggone Nebraska Cornhuskers. Look, I'm in Lincoln talking to the original Booby Miles. I say the original Booby Miles. He came after Booby Miles. Talking to Amon Green for a thing that I got to do with Discover's a lot of fun. And as soon as we get done with that, I watched the OU game and here's Dylan Gabriel running through wide open traffic without a motorcade and getting enough wiggle to get to the end zone. I said, Ooh, if Dylan feels like he can run through your entire defense, you ain't got man. And that's exactly what it was. My Oklahoma Sooners put up 49 unanswered points on the Huskers. So Huskers jumped out seven zero. That was it. Didn't score again until garbage time. I'm looking for 69 to seven from the Sooners. We didn't get it. I understand that, you know, my man Brent Vittables, he thinks the world of Nebraska a lot invested in this rivalry, but damn it, 1997, 
The Nebraska Cornhuskers are number one team in the country. They stopped a mud hole in Oklahoma and walked dry 69-7. to I ain't never forgot, okay? Talk with Amon Green about that a little bit, too. Also beat up Oklahoma at 63-21 in 96, and they lost two games that year. Anyway, what I'm saying is, if Nebraska got a whooping on Saturday, it's a whooping that's been due for 25 years, all right? Had played them since 09. You know, like I know, if you are an old head, and by old head, I mean you probably 30 years or older, you are emotionally invested in this game, even as you know Nebraska ain't no good. That said, Nebraska is a Power 5 team. You know who's not a Power 5 team? UConn, Colorado State, Hawaii. Okay? Everybody wanted to dunk on UTEP and Kent State, and then I'm like, cool, do that. I won't move them up till they beat somebody to play Power 5. Turns out Kent State, not bad. I think they put up 63 or 66 on Long Island, which is closer to their sort of game that they might play against, I don't know, Hawaii, UConn, Colorado State. See what I'm saying? There are levels to this. Like Meek told you, level to this, just pointing out. Now, other thing to keep in mind about Oklahoma, my man Joel Klatt in the booth wearing a play-by-play hat says out loud, this looks like a college football playoff team. I said, that's an interesting question to put to the people, to the masses, to the folks that listen to this show, like this show, like what we do, and follow me on the Twitters. And I was floored to see how many of y'all were like, yo, RJ, it's Nebraska, pump the brakes. Yo, RJ, can you not? I know it's your squad, but can you not? And I'm like, I watched the broadcast. I just heard the man in the booth say, that's pretty good. And then during BYU-Oregon at halftime, I hear my man Rob Stone. He says, hey, Oklahoma looks like a team headed back to the playoff. And I'm going, what is it? What am I missing here? Is it that I'm asking the question or you need to hear somebody else say it? You know, I'm just saying, we on the same wave, Lee. We drift compatible. You, it ain't got to be all this air and noise between us. We can have a good time here. All to say, Oklahoma does look like a college football playoff team. Why? Because they've given up 30 points in three games. Okay? That has been the Achilles heel of the Oklahoma Sooners basically since 2015. We can't stop nobody. We can't stop nobody. Made the playoff with the worst pass defense in the entire country in 2018. Matter of fact, I'm lying. It was 129th out of 130. Then this dude, Alex Grinch, came through. We looked pretty good. Now he has refined the system with the benefit of our experience, a la Tenet, taking the John Davidson, taking the Robert Pattinson to USC, and all of a sudden I'm watching USC be a takeaway defense and it's getting after you. So I'm saying, how long has it been since we've seen Oklahoma be this good? It has to be 2013. Has to be. Might be 2012. The last time that Brent Venables was, you know, coordinated defense at Oklahoma. The boys are fierce. They know their assignments. I love the cheetah position. It's a mix of a linebacker and a safety. I say that because there's actually a safety who plays that position and a linebacker that plays that position. Shout out Justin Harrington and Deshaun White figuring out Ted Roof's defense. Shout out to Brent Venables, who continues to coach his behind off and is beloved. Like, I want to say that if you ask people who is more popular in the state of Oklahoma right now, would it be Brent Venables or say, Dolly Parton probably going to be neck and neck there. And that's saying a lot because, well, Queen Dolly's Q rating is above all else because Queen Dolly is amazing. Now, from Oklahoma and putting up 580 yards on, you know, Nebraska's defense, I need to mention Nebraska has fired its defense coordinator, I should say. Mickey Joseph has relieved his defense coordinator of his duties. He has given Bill Bush the D.C. role. That's a good thing for as far as I'm concerned. Both of those guys were on that 2019 national championship team at LSU. Bill Bush also. Hell of a safeties coach. Matter of fact, Grant Delpit won the 2019 Jim Thorpe Award more, I think, based on what he did in 2018. I say this as a guy who sits on the selection committee and sits at a round table 
throwing out names and talking through guys. And I was trying to tell everybody that Derek Stingley Jr. was great. And they were like, yeah, well, it's Grant's to lose. Something, something, character. I'm, I'm making a joke. Character is very important. And being able to do it over a long period of time is also very important to winning the award. To give it to a true freshman and to just be out of character. And I understand that. That said, Bill Bush had a lot to do with all of those dudes being really, really good. And he has experience in the Big Ten as he was a secondary coach at Wisconsin, familiar with Dave Aranda, spoke very highly of Bill Bush. Bill Bush also was on Urban Meyer's staff at Utah when they were doing the damn thing. Hopefully it works out for them. I want to see Mickey Joseph go out with some wins here. I don't know if he's going to be the guy that they keep in 2023, but I want Nebraska to be good. College football is more fun when Nebraska is good. I just don't need Oklahoma to be bad and Nebraska good, but we ain't going to have that problem no more because they don't play in the same conference, right? Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. So. From Oklahoma, let's move to Michigan, who I have number five on my ballot and the or, or my rankings. And the AP Top 25 has them at four. And now we're fighting. Why are we fighting? We all agree now. Based on what we've seen, it's a race car. They're fast at quarterback. They're fast at tailback. They're fast at wide receiver. They have a punt returner that can take one back to the house. Not something I'm used to seeing from a Jim Harbaugh Michigan team. I believe that the change in coordinators at both spots, offensive and defensive, that some friction between Kay McNamara and J.J. McCarthy, not from those two guys, but in the locker room, would also show up. That you wouldn't know anything about Michigan until they start playing their Big Ten schedule, which happens this week because they ain't played nobody. But turns out nobody cares, right? What we care about is that in front of capacity crowds, they're scoring 50 a game. It's the first time that they've scored 50 game in their first three games of the season in the history of their program. And they've been playing football at Michigan for nearly 150 years. I want to say this is team 143. You're seeing what a five-star quarterback is supposed to look like at Michigan. I think J.J. McCarthy is the ghost of Shane Patterson made real because he's playing the kind of football that we all expected to see from Shea and He's doing it with such little experience, right? He got to start his first game last week, and then he came out against UConn, and he did the damn thing once again. Now he's got Blake Corum, who's very fast, tied the rushing touchdown record for rushing touchdowns in a game against UConn when he went for five. You'll remember Hassan Haskins had a game against Ohio State, where he also tied that record with five. Ron Johnson, I believe, has held that record since, like, 1968, though. So nobody has getting, got to six. But look at this. I'm watching a Michigan quarterback outrun the people that are chasing him. Wilton Spates ain't doing that, dog. You understand what I'm saying? You understand what I'm saying? Cade McNamara, love him. Real superhero type of person. Great charisma. He also ain't doing that, okay? It's one of these where if I have, let's call it, a... Porsche 936, and you got a Ford Fiesta, I'm going to win. And it's got not a damn thing to do with how talented you are. Everything to do with how talented my car is. That's what J.J. McCarthy provides Michigan. I'm excited 
to see them play somebody, Paul, on Saturday when they get to host an undefeated Maryland. A little bit about them here in a bit. Okay, let's go from Michigan to the team that I'm sure everybody wants to talk with me about because it's always one team every week. Last week, it was Kentucky. Weeks ago, it was Michigan. This week, it is the Minnesota Golden Gophers, who are 3-0. But before I get into the Minnesota Golden Gophers being my pick to win the Big Ten West and to give everybody a hard time in the Big Ten, let's take a look back at something I said not a month ago. I picked Minnesota in the Big Ten West. Okay, there's a few reasons why. Tanner Morgan is coming back for what seems like a 15th year of eligibility. Wants to be back. He's also becoming more and more look like P.J. Fleck. Like, for instance, I get so much out of going on these media day tours. I get so many anecdotes. But more than that, I get to see people that I just haven't seen for like a year. So I meet Tanner Morgan, and I say, how are you doing today? And he says, I'm doing elite. Cool. I meet P.J. Fleck later in the day. I say, how are you doing? He says, I'm doing elite. I said, Tanner said the same thing, and y'all are starting to look similarly. P.J. Fleck has been nothing but good at Minnesota. I think Tanner Morgan getting back with the offensive coordinator and Kurt Soraka is going to be a good thing for Minnesota. They also got Mo Ibrahim back there who was taking apart Ohio State's defense before anybody knew that it was Ohio State's defense in 2021. I think they're going to be all right. I think they're going to be pretty good. Okay. You see, that was a very attractive man speaking very attractively about the Minnesota Golden Gophers even wearing my same threads from August 11th. Look, I swear to you, there is a closet full of shirts. And if you watched my Discover Legends uh, features coming out on Tuesday on the Twitters, you'll see I'm going into the bag for the sponsors on this, right? But for you, like, you've seen this, you understand. Look, I didn't know that I was going to be wearing the same shirt. Matter of fact, producer Tyler was like, yo, RJ, I found a clip from like six weeks ago where you were very high on Minnesota and they're 3-0. I think we should show it. And then here's the shirt right in front of me. And I'm like, okay, good thing that, you know, there's a Nebraska football back there where there once was a picture literally of my grandmother so that we can do the two newspaper things if we need to. But it leads me to this. Minnesota is 3-0, okay? They also, like Michigan, ain't played nobody, Paul, except, except, except Minnesota is more in line with Oklahoma. You know how Minnesota's more signed with Oklahoma? Because they just played a Power 5 program. I still haven't seen Michigan play a Power 5 program, and neither have you, okay? Matters. Matters. Now, on top of all of that, Minnesota's not just 3-0 and stumping a mud hole and people are walking it dry. They have what is the least talked about Heisman candidate and the least talked about tailback in the sport, perhaps even in the history of the sport. Let me put it on you like this. In 1997, Amon Green rushed for 1,887 yards, 42 tutties, and went to work. I mean, cool mode D, I go to work on Tennessee in the Orange Bowl. Beat the hell out of Peyton Manning's volunteers, number three ranked in the country, rushed for 206 yards, two tutties. Okay. In that season, my man, your man, Amon Green, the dude dotting the I in Tom Osborne's power eye rushed for 12 straight games of 100 yards or more. Okay? 12. Do you know who else has rushed for 1,200-yard games consecutively? My man, 
Mo Ibrahim. Now, the golden go for folks to either feel in some kind of way about this, like a, either A, they are clapping right now and going, see, somebody recognizes what we got back there. And there's also, you know, the folks that are not unlike Derek Johnson when I had said to him, hey, Texas ain't showed a lot. He's like, just spoken like a true OU guy. You just want to see what's in the bag. Yes, Minnesota's like, hey, RJ, leave, leave that alone. I don't need them to know that Mo is coming. Hell, Mo is coming. And Mo has been coming. Dating back to 2020, Mo has been coming. Okay? Okay? So, Mo also went for over 200 yards rushing against Colorado. Now, it's Colorado, which is getting closer and closer to being more Arizona, but Arizona's also won some games. Colorado might be actual bad this guy year, guys. No getting around that. However, that does not mean that Minnesota is not good. And look what I've been doing in Michigan. Said I went from unranked with Michigan to top five with Michigan. Look at what Minnesota is. Steadily moving up. Matter of fact, having a real live discussion about my rankings. Yo, uh, yeah, RG's been pretty consistent about Minnesota because they're good, guys. They're good. And you've seen the Big Ten West. It's Iowa, who I liked till I didn't, right? Maybe I'll like them again come October 1st when they go play a Michigan team. We all agree is good. Okay, okay. Wisconsin lost to Washington State. Doesn't matter that I think Washington State's a good football team. It matters that you don't think that Washington State is a good football team. I was telling anybody that would listen. Washington State is a problem. I don't know how big a problem, but they're a problem. And now the Apple Cup might be one of the best rivalry games we get this year because Kalen DeBoer and Michael Pinnis Jr. said, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. We, we bought it too. We, we bought it too. And here, carry this L, Mr. Tucker. Okay, okay. Now, I'm trying to tell you that I really like Minnesota by way of saying, if you are going to give Michigan the same pass for ain't playing nobody, you need to do the same thing to Minnesota. And I know what Minnesota has in a way that I didn't know what Michigan has. They have returned Kirk Soraka to be their offensive coordinator. Last time they had Kirk Soraka be an offensive coordinator, they won 11 games. You know who he was coordinating with? Karen Morgan. Quarterback, still there. Mo Ibrahim, running back, still there. And they've gotten better on the outside with guys like Dalen Wright and Chris Autumn Bell, right, to say nothing of what those guys might be able to do in the future. And then the defense has been absolutely outstanding. Joe Rossi doesn't get enough credit, doesn't get any looks for these power five jobs that should be coming up, or even these group of five jobs that should be coming up. <laughs> Maybe he'll get a look for one, which we'll mention on the way out here that opened up unexpectedly late today. Last team I want to touch on in my top 25, Maryland moves in at 22, getting in after a dramatic come-from-behind win against Southern Methodist, team that I think is really good, team that actually was able to throw the ball all over the field on them. But watch my man, Roman Hemby. He is the tailback going for a second – or a second. Let me see. It is his second 100-yard rushing game in three games. Okay? Got it right that time. First one, he went for over 100, and then this one, he goes for over 100. Mike Loxley went up on the days at Big Ten Media Day and said – Talia Tongavaloa is the most disrespected quarterback in this entire country. And you know what? He might have a point. Now, if Talia cannot throw the interceptions that he threw last year, say particularly against, I don't know, Iowa, I think we're going to have this discussion. But this is going to be their opportunity to put the rest of the world on notice. If you go knock off Michigan, a Michigan team, I agree is a top five team, they agree as a top four team, and everybody on the Twitters has something to say about. You ain't got no, no choice. You have to pay that man his respect, okay? You have to Teddy KGB Maryland. Pay that man. Pay that man his money. And it's in the Big Ten East, which 
all right, let me lay this on you because this is in my top 25 column, but y'all have shown me on the Twitters that y'all don't read the column that I write that takes 2,500 words, but I'm gonna still write it because I love writing. I love writing the columns and I always get to point to you saying, I wrote about this. You don't need to argue about it on the Twitters, but that's what you're there to do, argue about it on the Twitters. Never mind, I wrote about your team. But at the top of this column, I make reference to a research note I asked for, right? So I'm looking at the Big Ten East and it dawned on me that the Big Ten East could have gone completely undefeated through the first three weeks of the season, four weeks, count week zero. So I asked producer Kat, as this happened, she says, cool, I will look out for our researcher, David Albiani, see what he has to say. Shouts to Fox Sports College football researcher, David Albiani, because he got me a number. The closest that any division in the Big Ten had come to going 3-0 and to start the season is the Big Ten West in 2020. And that don't really count because everybody got started late over there. But they had five teams of the seven teams start the season undefeated. This season, 2022, okay? Everybody's at games. It all matters. We have six out of seven teams in the Big Ten East starting the year 3-0. and Four of those teams were ranked going into games last year, or last week, excuse me. The only team, to take an L, just the one L, at all in the Big Ten East, Michigan State, who was upset. I say upset. According to the rankings, they were upset. According to Vegas, we said that Washington was going to win this game. Point is, Michigan State went to Seattle, got handed an L. So now you go through the division at the Big Ten East, you'll see Ohio State, 3-0. Michigan, 3-0. Penn State, 3-0. Rutgers, 3-0. Indiana, 3-0. Right? You got to go all the way down. Past Maryland at three and zero to get to Michigan State at two and one, and it ain't like Michigan State is bad, guys. Matter of fact, I still got them at twenty five. I put Washington in there at twenty four. What I'm saying is, Maryland is having a South Carolina experience from last year, which is to say, you're about to go and get tested, right? If we're going to compare them to the SEC, and we will because it matters, and we're keeping score, we're going to say that Maryland playing Michigan is a lot like South Carolina playing Alabama. If you go beat that team, we all care, okay? Yes, I'm comparing Ohio State to Georgia in this instance. Fight me. Matter of fact, you got my Twitter account, right? You, you know where it is. Send the tweets. Send them. We have this thing called a mailbag episode where my man's producer, Tyler, is kind enough to go sifting through your tweets to find out which one of y'all actually ask a good question and or have a good take. Send it to the number one show. Send it to my account. We, we took it at all. Point I'm raising here is the Big Ten East might come out of this season looking like the best division in all of football. And if things go as I think they might, they keep this up for next year, they could go down in history as the best division in football for the last year that we had divisions. Why? Because Greg Sankey already said, yeah, so uh, – 16 teams probably going to do the single division because the quads and, 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 and the divisions and we're making, we're making problems. Yes, you are making problems because you told Georgia and Tennessee to cancel games at Oklahoma. That's a problem. You essentially said, hey, um, we don't know how to schedule, so we're going to ask y'all to just cancel two of the greatest games of the last 10 years. What are you even doing over there? Come on, man. You commissioner, come on. You can figure that out. Figure that out, please. I need to see Oklahoma and Tennessee on the schedule. I need to see Oklahoma and Georgia on the schedule. We owe Georgia. Georgia knows we owe Georgia. Okay? 
Okay. Okay. I need to see Eric Stryker be able to come down from the stands and tell Butch Jones that he has some class. That, though, gets a little bit farther ahead, and I think this is more immediate. We had another head coach. He pushed out of his job. Herm Edwards was pushed out of Arizona State, fired from Arizona State earlier today. He lost 30-21 to to Eastern Washington. And as Tommy Bowden once said about Wake Forest, you can't lose to Wake Forest on a Thursday night. Just can't. Lost to Wake Forest on a Thursday night, got fired. But you know what? Dabo Sweeney was made the interim head coach. He's been the head coach of Clemson ever since. What I'm telling you is Arizona State. It can be a little bit cloudy right now, but you are an attractive program. You play in an attractive conference. I think you're going to have lots of folks that want to get that job. And even some folks that want to get that job that you would like to hire. Okay. Talk about that more as it develops, but that's the news as it was. Going into the Mondays, my thanks as always to you for listening to the show because that's what's going to do it just for this show. My thanks to our lead producer, Tyler Wojak. Our senior producer is Catherine Donnelly. That is Chris Cheshire directing for us tonight. My thanks to you, sir. Our social media maven is Javion Duncan. Our lead of screening is Rachel Cohen. I'm the host, RJ. We will see y'all on Tuesday for Spaces and then Wednesday for Jeff, and then Thursday for the mailbag. All right, deuces.